Yes, we are. That's, yes, we that's are. my that's my homage. It, you it, know, it, I figured. It, yeah, at least it's I like hope poetry. It rhymes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, yeah. So, in case you guys haven't realized, if you watched last week, we were going to talk about the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise and the ride and kind of how uh, it's been so important not only in the theme park industry but also in the movie movie industry, uh, kind of establishing um, some really great Disney. Uh, theatrical releases based around park attractions we got sidetracked last week because we had so many so much news to talk about like the spider-man no way home trailer and what else we talked about last week sidetracked is an understatement yeah this was just like we got just steamrolled into another just by by fate yeah. by fate we're we're a basically touch like, of destiny yeah, a news catch-up last week yeah um but before we get into the pirates episode we st- Still have some news we want to talk about. Um, one being um, kind of the big topic of the day. It came out today for us on Monday, August 30th. We finally got revealed the new annual pass system coming to the Walt Disney World Resort. Um, so the old annual pass system is going away in a way. It's very similar to what um, the old annual pass system was, but now there's some really silly names. And certain features have been eliminated um, and kind of added. Um, yeah. So now we are getting, it's still called the annual pass, um, Now, but now there's going to be four tiers at Walt Disney World. Um, now, folks, get ready for these names. They This is not a joke. This is the actual names of the annual pass tiers. So previously it was, uh, there was the Florida Resident Pass, I forget the actual name of it, and there was like uh, silver, a gold, a platinum, platinum plus. Um, so this seems like kind of standard names. They aren't really they were really themed really to the Walt Disney. They were World. dignified. They're, they're they were dignified. dignified You're like, I had the I have the oh, platinum the plus pass. pass, and I'm better than everyone. Um, but now they're very disnified, and so the base level tier, kind of the this Florida local, um, similar to kind of like the Epcot pass, is now called. This is the lowest level pass, which is called the. Disney Pixie Dust Pass, which is uh, $399 plus tax um, for the whole year, or $20 or $19 per month uh, with 12 month installments, but you should have to put down a $205 down payment, so you might as well at that point just pay for the whole pass up front. Um, and you have to be you have to be a Florida resident. Florida for resident, one, right? yes, which is very important because um, three of the four passes you're required to be a Florida resident. Uh, yeah. Only only the highest tier can be out of state guests. Unless you're DVC, then you get the um, the um, the tier the the third the second uh, second highest tier that's open to DVC. Unless unless you sign up in the month of May, uh, then you can also do it then. Or no. uh, if you wait for a blue moon and then <laughs> okay. s- sacrifice a goat, you can do that. <laughs> that is, that is true. Um, so this Pixie Dust Pass um, basically is only a weekday pass. Uh, all the black updates include um, weekends and holidays, um, even holiday weekends, the second, the last two weeks in December. Basically, anytime it's busy, you can't go. It's mainly just a weekday pass um, with many, many blackout dates. Uh, as Mason said, it's only for um, 
Florida residents. Um, and if you are current annual pass holder, the renewal rate is uh, $339. Um, and then the next one is similar to Pixie Dust, except you get more uh, less less blackout dates. It's you get some week you get weekends. Um, it's mainly just the pixie dust plus weekends, but you're still um, blacked out on holidays in the busy season. Again, this is also for Florida residents, and it is going to be six hundred and ninety nine dollars, uh, forty five dollars per month if you choose to do the twelve month installment plan with that two hundred and five dollar down payment. Um, and if you're current annual pass holder, the price is five hundred and ninety four dollars. Uh, and then kind of the most attractive pass to a lot of people, it seems like, appeared online is the Disney Sorcerer Pass, um, which is $899, $63 per month with that $205 down payment. Um, this one is also only for Florida residents. The pirate one is also for only Florida residents. But this one, Disney Vacation Club members are um, able to use this pass. Um, and then with this pass, you get five park reservations at a time on your on your account um pirate had four and then uh, pixie dust still had the standard three uh, maximum park reservations you could have um this one uh, there's uh still some blackout dates again some busier seasons um mainly it seems like just holiday weekends at this point um mm -hmm. and um even if you're at a current annual pass holder, you want to renew to this level, it's going to be $764. Um, so for people online, I've heard a lot of Florida residents are looking at this pass just because it's very similar to the current price that they had with, if, if they were picked if they picked the platinum platinum pass platinum platinum pass. Um, You'll get there, don't worry. Yeah, and then also um, if you are okay not going there on holiday weekends, this seems like a great pass for you. Um, and then the final pass, which I think is the probably the worst named pass in my opinion, um, is the what was once the Platinum Pass is now called the Disney Incredipass. Pass. Again, I'm not sure where they came up with that name um, and why they chose that, but this one is going to be a hundred and uh, one thousand two hundred ninety nine dollars plus tax, hundred dollars a month, uh, still with that two hundred five dollar uh, deposit. Uh, at the beginning of your pass, there's no blackout dates. You can hold up to uh, still the five reservations um, at a time on your on your account, and then the current renewal rate for current pass holders is going to be one hundred or one thousand one hundred four dollars. Um, when I was when I when I was uh, twelve, we had to take my dad to the hospital because he had to have an Incredit pass. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um but let me go, there, for that. that that's 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 a good one that's a good one um <laughs> um but real quick um so this pass these passes still include park hopper which has always been the standard for park passes or annual passes um these none of these include um photo pass uh and then also that credit pass does not include um, if you want to go to a water park. So those will be, uh, from what I've heard, $100 add-ons to the um, to your to your pass. Um, really, in practicality, I think you should, if, you, if you want photo pass, just have one person in your party upgrade to that. And then if you really want to use the, the one open 
water park, you can pay $100 per year to add on the water park. So um, a big question mark with this pass is whether or not Genie is going to be included with that. It has not been announced either way. Um, <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah. So, wow. Mason, what, what, are, what are your thoughts on this? I know this has been the big scuttlebutt, the big news of yeah, the day. Um, I, mean, it, well, I mean, what is there to think? I mean, other than what, like, you know, the majority of fans out there aren't really eligible for any of them except for the most expensive one yeah. right out the gate. Okay, you want that? Here's, you know, is that. I, I don't know. I mean... Tickets are already overpriced, so yeah. I mean, you know, it was it was a lot, you know, just for uh, the four days that I went to the parks this past, yeah. you know. So on one hand, it's like it, it, it's kind of like a kick in the uh, kick in the teeth, you know, price wise. But on the other hand. You gotta you gotta keep in mind that prices are already ridiculous, and I think it was it was like, I I, I think it was actually like eight hundred bucks for uh, my wife and I for those four days. For and I don't tickets. even know if that. Yeah, just for the tickets, yeah. and I don't even know if that was. I'm, I'm I gosh, I hope that was for both of us. I'm you just you guess I can't remember. No, no park hopper. Mm. It was just one one park a day. Cause, yeah, because <laughs> that you know, and and it's it's just again, it's getting it's getting harder and harder. The park, the you know, the crowds are getting thinner and thinner, and mm. you know, yeah, you're wondering where the line is anymore. Yeah, um, because because it, it's not a secret anymore that the you know crowds are getting thinner, and they're trying to say, oh, you know, Delta and. Oh, people are holding off for the fiftieth now, which is fine. You know, this is a light time of year. Kids yeah. are going back to school. That's understandable. You have a tremendous point here, but I think you're going to still see there's a, there is a dip happening, and it's yeah. because it's a causality of this. Um, so I I I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. I I have a hard time judging all this, like you, kind of like you said right now because it is. Technically, it's always been the slow season. So I think right now that's just kind of how it is. Um, I think it's really going to be a yeah. big indicator. Um, a couple, probably, probably, I don't know, because I think it's going to be busy during the 50th no matter what. Uh, at least in October. I think October is going to be busy. And then the holiday season is going to save them. Um, and I think we really won't see the ramifications of all this until potentially... March to see see if people choose to go to Disney that's for fair. their spring break. I think that's that's gonna, be, that's gonna be the real indicator for me. Yeah, um, and for the Disney company is if whether or not um, whether or not this is this this all this pricing is gonna really suit them. I think. Yeah. Um, they're they're ruling a lot of this out at a avid advantageous time for them because the fiftieth is starting the fiftieth anniversary is starting. On October first, and that's when all the stuff's rolling out, really. Um, yeah. At least, kind of the reality of all this with Genie Plus annual passes. I guess we'll be start selling uh, in later this later September. So. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But we aren't going to see kind of those crowds really kind of spike until October, um, and then once all of that kind of pans out, 
Um, like I said, once the 50th hype kind of dies down a little bit, holidays die down, they get through that, that slow season that happens inevitably in, in January, February, and then once spring break hits is really when I think we're going to find out whether or not um, yeah. all this is going to be um, a good thing for them or not. Um, exactly. Exactly. Um, and so I know that for me, looking at the annual pass, um, just because I talked to my wife and stuff um, recently about how I would love to become an annual pass holder eventually, um, mm. just because I think it's, I would like to go more, and um, just because I'd like to go down. I, I've, been, I've been talking about, I know you and I have talked about my, my plans to potentially go down for a day trip in February, just like a yeah. single day, like kind of something crazy, but um, I'd like to I'd like to do that more. Um, and just go down for a shorter period of time. Maybe not even staying on property all the time. Just be, be able to go down there um, for a couple of days here and there. And mm-hmm. yeah, I've ran the numbers before even this. And if really, if I, if I want, I know people talk about how like it's getting more expensive, getting more expensive, but the annual pass to me is still a good deal. If you're, especially still a resident. Um, oh yeah. Residents, that's a separate issue entirely, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so yeah. I, th- I think, I think residents, fussing about it i think they've always gotten a great deal because if you go i think the mass has always been i think still is if you think about it from park hopper pricing um mm-hmm. if you go 10 days in a year you you're you're paying for your new pass already um but i think the bigger quite the bigger issue is is park tickets um for out of town guests yeah. um because I know some people for a long time were, if they went for like a week and a half, were just buying annual passes because it was cheaper. Um, it's becoming less and less the case. Um, mm-hmm. That That's a good way to go about it. Um, but yeah, park tickets are really expensive. And for me, it's this everyone's been fussing about Genie Plus. I think Genie Plus is the issue. Uh, really, the, the park tickets have always been the issue for me. So mm-hmm. um, that's kind of my two cents on it. Um, yeah. Kind of makes you wish for, for easier days, easier times, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we take it all the way back to the year 2003, where our story begins this week. There we go. How's that for a transition? No, that, Am I that, getting better? That is a great transition. Um, Thank but you. Before, before we start, we should introduce ourselves, Mason. We've already so, been here for 15 minutes. I know, but the people got to know who we are. Uh, thank oh. you all for joining us once again on the Hubgrass. Um, I thank you all for joining us this week. Uh, we have some great news. I don't know if you've seen this yet, but we finally got our mm. first patron. Uh, this we week. did? We did. We did. Oh, wow. Yes. Yes. Um, so um, if you're out there and have considered becoming a patron, hop on to our Patreon page and become a patron um, because the, the, um, the population is growing quickly. Um, we'll go, go hopefully going from one to twenty would be would be great. So, hop oh, on. I thought you were talking about like COVID babies or no. something like that. <laughs> oh, hey, sorry. I, yeah, my, my my son's a COVID baby, but no, but but please join us um, on our Patreon page um, and join our first patron um, and join wow. join the cool kids. Um, yeah, but um, but yeah. Also, if you're listening to us on. Uh, Spotify, iTunes, make sure you give us a review or a follow or a download is even better. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you're looking at our smiling faces on YouTube, make sure you um, 
slap a like on this video or subscribe with notifications on so you know whenever we post. Um, but Don't so, yes. slap too hard. I bruise like a grape. <laughs> oh, there we go. All right. I, I, I bruise like a peach, so. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. All right, yeah. I see So you. I am Matt Arterbury, as always, with my co-host, my illustrious co-host, Mason Betterly, and we're going on to Stranger Tides to talk about some one of our favorite franchises, uh, for me at least in, in, in movie history, um, but especially in the Disney canon. Uh, oh, yeah. this, was, this was Mason's topic, this is Mason's baby, so Mason, lead us off to O3. Well, my baby, my baby is actually going to be coming this October. That, that, that's that for another true. time. That that's a secret. True. That's, that's a secret. <laughs> yes, so we are talking about the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise uh, this week um, for the remainder of the episode. And we just wanted to talk about it because as we were discussing, you know, this summer we had the Jungle Cruise movie. Uh, so we, you know, we were discussing all of the films that had come out based on it. And there's just so much... Um, it's it's just so dense, and uh, mm -hmm. and there's just so much to the the, uh, the story of those films, that franchise specifically, that we thought we'd just take some time um, and sort of you know chat about it uh, in its own episode. So uh, of course we wanted to start out with um, the first film. Um, this one was sort of there was like no expectations for this film when it came out. I remember uh, mm -hmm. I was, you know, I was what, like maybe 10 years old, nine years old. And on the early internet in those days, there was barely any information of it. I read, yeah. um, you know, like sort of a, an outline of what the, like the plot was allegedly supposed to be at the time on some sort of like movie news website. That's probably long defunct. I don't even remember, but it was something <laughs> about like Johnny Depp, like accidentally time traveling to the time of pirates on this like wow. island vacation and i'm like this sounds really dumb but um then you know we ended up going you know i saw the trailer the trailer was you know yeah. some completely different mm -hmm. and then it was just uh uh i fell in love with it i fell absolutely in love with it yeah. and um and the characters and it was a surprise smash um and, uh, you know, for, for, you know, I went to film school for, for a long time, you know, I wanted to make movies and this was the film, you know, this was the reason why this movie. Oh, wow. Uh, so it holds a very special place in my heart. Um, you know, my, my love for it has sort of ebbed and flowed over, over time. You know, there are times when I'm really into it and then, you know, I kind of, I kind of tuckered myself out after a while when I was a kid. Uh, but you know, it really, it's always been very, something very special to me. Mm -hmm. Um, but how about you, Matt? D did you have, do you have any fond memories of the first film? Do you remember going? Um, yeah, I do actually. Um, this was actually funny enough. I, I had a really short period of time when I was a kid where like going to the theater scared the living crap out of me. I don't know what really? it was. Yeah. Um, which is funny cause if you talk to me now, like I'm, the biggest movie fan and I love the theater, oh, yeah. but there was like a, a one to two year time where whenever I went to the theater and it was like more of an intense movie, I was like yeah. very like on edge. Um, yeah. I remember being like really frightened, um, by, by the first pirate movie, pirate movie, at least the beginning of it. And I got like eased yeah. into it. And I was, I got very comfortable and really enjoyed it towards the end. <laughs> um, but this is actually around the time that 
it, around my second trip to Disney World, my first ever, okay. my second ever trip to Disney World was around the time of the Pirates franchise, or around the time of Curse of Black Pearl, and so mm-hmm. it was neat for me to kind of know this movie was coming out or had just come out, or maybe I just, I just saw it, and then like shortly after that, I went to Walt Disney World um, and rode Pirates the first time because yeah. uh, our first trip, I didn't, I didn't ride it um, for some reason, and so it was really neat to kind of have that experience where it was kind of the, the opposite of a lot of people where I, well, most people see or ride the ride or at least back then had ridden the ride and then saw the movie where I had experienced the movie first so um, mm-hmm. at that time I was kind of confused on like where's Jack like w- what is this and <laughs> um, and then I come to realize that like oh no like he's an original character for this movie um, but I just remember being really enamored with pirates at that time um not just like this movie but like the idea of pirates um i i had some of the early lego pirate sets and things like that Uh, Um, right yeah those were those were great and um it was just really cool to see because i had always seen like the old like pirates movies on like uh uh, turner class and yeah T, yeah, Turner Classic Movies, yeah. things like that. And so it was really neat to see a new interpretation and more exciting ter- interpretation of um, the pirate life and having yeah. this really interesting pirate um, that was kind of the amalgamation of um, the caricature of a pirate, but also um, what you kind of hoped and dreamed of a pirate would, how, how they would act. Um, so I, I, it's, it was, it's really neat for me not only as a movie fan to have this movie um in my memory but also a disney parks fan um and kind of the way it the way it worked out for me to um have gone to disney around the same time this movie came out yeah yeah um obviously the big standout thing in this film is johnny depp's performance oh yes as uh captain jack sparrow um fun fact it was not the first choice um, it was, uh, he was actually, um, it was actually supposed to be Hugh Jackman. Oh, I heard this. Yes. Did I mention it on here? I think, yeah, I think you have actually. I mean, that's like, oh. I, think, I think you mentioned this to me. It, it, it was okay. a private conversation. I was on the show. I, I forget which one it was, but yeah. Yeah. Well, if, if you didn't hear last time, I'm saying it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, um, but, uh, you know, he was also doing the, the X-Men movies at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so just unfortunately, schedule wise, it, it just didn't work out. Uh, but but um, Johnny took a really uh, a, a really interesting approach to the role mm-hmm. because before it was just supposed to be the you know the classic uh, very Errol Flynn, and I I think that that's still in there. I think more so in Will Turner. Sure. But oh, um, yeah. uh, but you know that classic swashbuckler. But then he also. You know, he read a lot, which I which I can appreciate. He did a lot of research and saw that at the time, you know, back then pirates were sort of like the rock stars of their age, and mm. and they did like there was, um, you know, there was a lot of fear around those characters, but in their actual ecosystem, in the people that they were around, yeah. they were a lot like rock, rock stars, um, and so he sort of put that uh, put that element into how he. Um, how he 
performed it. You know, famously, he kind of played off of Keith Richards, who ended up actually mm-hmm. playing yeah. his father in the films, which <laughs> yeah. I which I think is pretty great. Oh, yeah. um, my favorite Easter eggs. Yeah, yeah, it's it's absolutely uh, wonderful when he does show up in the third film, but um, but you know, I think you know as, as great as his performance is, and as as much of a landmark as his performance is, because he got an Oscar nomination from it. Oh, he did. Yeah, I think a lot of people. Yeah, um, which which I think says volumes. Um, but also, you know, you have just a, a fantastic cast all, all around. You have. Um, you have Orlando Bloom as Will Turner. You have Kieran Knightley as mm-hmm. I think this is like one of her first major roles. Like this was her breakout. Um, I believe so. Well, she she, she was, was she, she was she was in King Arthur, but I forget when that yes. came out. That was shortly. I think that was like okay. two thousand five. Yeah. Uh, but then she. I think the only other major film she was in before this was actually Phantom Menace. Um, oh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, she and then, that, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, where was I going? But yeah, then you have, obviously you have Jeffrey Rush, um, playing mm-hmm. Barbosa and he just, he went all out with it and he was, he's absolutely fantastic. Um, and I think all of their performances really hold up throughout the film. Um, yeah. and just the effects uh, at the time were, were just amazing. And, and I, and I will say the first three, at the very least, the first three, um, all of their effects, I think, hold up to this day. No, uh, I, the attention uh, to detail and everything is just amazing. No. Yeah. I, I, I would agree with that too. And I think it was such an important film at the time too, because it was kind of like the only kind of period piece or really action film at the time that wasn't sci-fi. Um, yeah. Or I, I think, I think return of the, the return of the King also came out in 2003. Um, yeah. So that, so that was like sci-fi. That was like, that was fantasy, but it was the, the first time in a long time we've kind of had that, like that period of time adventure, where the colonialism, um, yeah, those action adventure movies, um, dipped into that more historical feel. Um, yeah, which I think was refreshing because um, I, I, I think that's like a classic um, movie genre is the pirate, the Western films, um, which we hadn't seen for a long time. And I think that's why yeah. not only the performances from Johnny Depp, Orlando Bloom, Jeffrey Rush um, really carried that film, but it was, I think, a, 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 it was a breath of fresh air for a lot of moviegoers because you can, can only see so many Matrix movies. You can only see so many Tomb Raiders, things like that, um, <laughs> before you get a little, a little exhausted. Yeah. And um, not only that, but the score is beautiful in that movie. Oh, um, the comedy is, is spot on. Um, I feel like pretty much every every joke hits. And then for even Disney Park fans, it was great because it was a great way for this beloved attraction to be translated so well into a movie. Yeah, and and I think that's the great thing about this film is it does reference so much of the source material, but so elegantly, so uh, so subtly, it's just it's perfect. It's perfect, mm-hmm. and you like when I think the biggest one that you know attention is drawn to is when Jack is in the prison and they're trying to get the dog, but it's yeah. worked in so wonderfully. You know, you have that sweeping zoom in shot on the guys trying to get the key. 
and yeah. you know instantly when you see it, but then it's just right back into the story, and it's not like, I, this is the moment from the ride. Yeah. No, it's just like, here it is. Okay, let's keep moving. Yeah. So it's like, it's so much, it's so peripheral, uh, but so... But but it does so much for the world building, I think. Yeah. Of, of well, yeah, yeah, and, and I think it's something that Hannah mentioned it so poorly. It was like here is the exact framing that you would see if you're in the Doom buggy. Yes. Like here's this where pirates. It came from the back. Like you like you knew what was going on, but you weren't getting that, like that that like shot for shot like reference of here are mm-hmm. the prisoners and the dog with the keys and so. It felt so organic and natural. Yes. Um, same thing with like Barbosa and the um, storming the um, the fortress or like the, oh, yeah. the, the pirates storming the fortress because again it was very much like you felt like something there was tension building in the music and the the mood and all of a sudden like boom there's the cannon fire. Um, yeah. Again, they, they, they could have framed it where, like, here's the boat coming and there's the, fi- the cannon being fired. But you you were immersed in that in that moment mm-hmm. because you're, safe, you, you're up there with Norrington and the governor um, observing the bay and then all of a sudden cannon fire. And there's so many points in this movie where they do that so well. And, again, they could have easily had a skeleton on top of the treasure pile, but they didn't. And you still knew, like, there's the pile of treasure that um, yeah. is in the Disneyland ride. There's so many little Easter eggs and moments where you're like, that's from the ride. But it was one of those things where it's like, you, you can watch a movie and know, like, hey, I should know what that is. Where mm-hmm. this movie was like, if you don't if you don't catch it, you, probably, you might miss it. Because they're not going to, like, dwell on that fact. Um, yeah, and it's, so like, it's like... It's not for the fans. It's like uh, even even with again with the jail scene, if even if you don't know that 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 is recreating the scene from the yeah. ride, you could still appreciate it as a joke. Yeah. E- even if you know that the treasure cave is, or, or even if you don't know that it's referencing the opening of the better version of the ride in, <laughs> yeah. in California. Um, you know, you you can appreciate it as this is part of the story. This is just this is the setting. That's you know. Yeah. So yeah, it's you know, yeah, and, and, and I think it speaks so so like it speaks volumes of the Imagineers that designed the original ride. That even yeah. their their gags and moments even translate well to the the uh, theater crowd in the two thousands even beyond. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's just a. Uh, a masterclass in how Disney needs to approach if they are going to bring their attractions into the theater that they do it in this fashion I think mm-hmm. I think um, Jungle Cruise is a big correction as well because yes um, they apparently much... we're getting a sequel I, I know I just heard that today too and I'm really excited yeah, for it yeah I just saw that um, that's cool and so I think that's what Jungle Cruise did so well too is that there's those moments where they were a little more tongue in cheek like this is a re- direct reference on the ride because I, cause he was still doing a jungle cruise. Um, so it was a little more one to one, but it still brought you into that world. And um, I think, obviously I think pirates did a much better job anyway, but the original pirates at least. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And I think, you know, going to just jump it over to the Eddie Murphy haunted mansion really quick, mm-hmm. you know, it, I think uh, oh, I think it's a little different because 
you have very specific characters in the ma- in the haunted mansion. However, you know, it was a lot more like, hey, you get it? You get it? It's yeah. The, it's yeah. the thing from the right. Like, even, even in the graveyard, they, like, they stopped and literally, like, literally stopped the camera on the hitchhikers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, like, uh, uh, all right, now let's keep moving. Yeah. I, then, I, 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 I was waiting for, like, the director to pop out and be like, hey, do you, do you get that reference? Like, it's right there. <laughs> you know those ghosts on the ride? Like, there they, they are. are. Some people call them Phineas, Ezra, and Gus. Yeah, so people call him the skeleton. <laughs> All right, let's go. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, but then of course, moving on. Yeah, it was a smash hit. Um, they actually that it was the first one to premiere in the park. Uh, it actually premiered on the fan. I think they uh, they either brought in like a barge to put the screen up on, or they set the screen up on uh, the stage for Phantasmic in Anaheim. Oh, and they amazing. like ran it through the ran the red carpet through the entire park and yeah uh it was it was really cool um i yeah so they um film was a s- smash hit so they immediately wanted to do another two films mm-hmm. wanted to get them because they were also you know so many careers just like really got Exploded, out there yeah yeah, yeah. So they were like, "All right, we'll film them both at once." So they had two hundred days to film Pirates two and three. Oh wow! Uh, yeah. So, um, and they were filming it, you know, interchangeably. Like one day we, they could be shooting, you know, a scene from Dead Man's Chest. The next day they could be shooting a scene from World's End. Um, and they wow. didn't. Yeah, they they had um, the writers on set. Uh, and even I was watching uh, like some of the behind the scenes stuff and Ted Elliott and Ter- Terry Russio, uh, who are great writers, by the way, they've written some of my favorite films of all time, Yeah. but they, I love them to death, but they really suck at sequels. They get really convoluted with their sequels because they, cause they did it, they did it here and they did it with, um, the Zorro films because Mask of Zorro is an incredible film. But the second one is just all over the place. Yeah. Like, guys, focus. And even they're saying, like, we told the story with the first one. We didn't really know where to go with the with the rest. Sure. And they're laughing, like, on the set of the second one. and But, like, they're oh. just sort of kind of nervously <laughs> laughing, like, ha-ha. And I, I think they, they accomplish a lot with the films. They really yeah. do. Um, but I think it gets, I think, you know, it suffers from that schedule that they were under. Yeah. Um, and, you know, luckily they were able to reuse a lot of stuff that they built in uh, St. I think it was St. Vincent where they shot. Um, no, I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, and it uh, a, lo- a lot of the stuff, you know, withheld uh, a lot of the hurricanes that had been through there at mm-hmm. the time, um, which I think included Katrina, actually. Oh, that's a, maybe. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, remember the, the, that? Yeah, the, the, that's the right time period. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, so I I really enjoy 2 and 3, Dead Man's Chess and, uh, mm-hmm. at World's End, because I think we got like that classic pirate film with Curse the Black Pearl. And then I really feel like the world really opened up in Dead Man's Chest, and especially, and then... 
obviously at World's End because we have to see all the pirate lords. And so it, for me, mm-hmm. it was like a fan of pirate lore was um, really excited to see these on the big screen and this interpretation that um, Gore Verbinski and that crew decided to take us in um, is that we have to see more to Jack's world. It was, it was, it was a way to do a prequel to Jack without doing a full on prequel film. Um, because we have to see, he has this debt with Davy, Davy Jones. I think that, um, character design is, is so iconic now. In my oh opinion. yeah. Because we all have seen like the large bearded pirates, but this is a way that, uh, a totally, totally new interpretation of who Davy Jones was yeah. or, or could be in, in film where he is completely, um, a part of the sea and now is like taking on the characteristics of sea animals and his entire crew has been um, mutated into these um, kind of sea zombie like <laughs> nightmares. Um, mm-hmm. And it was really great to see the flying Dutchman and, and how formidable that ship was. And um, I, I personally love that film as well. Obviously P- curse of black pearls. It's, it's, it's amongst it's it's on its own tier for me, but yeah, these other two films, um, I, I I personally love the whole um, nine pirate lords I, concept. Yes, um, the, I yeah, think that, that concept that's so fun. Oh yeah, that's great. I think, and it's very clever. And I wish we got to explore that more mm-hmm. than Jack ha- like going nuts and having multiple versions, <laughs> of him, you know, into the Sparrow verse, yeah. basically going yeah. on. While they fight over a peanut, um, <laughs> yeah, it's what I, the, it's what the third film becomes, and it's just like okay, mm-hmm. you have some really cool stuff here. Let's look at that. Yeah. And I have like a whole conspiracy theory that there was like a whole other version of um, Davy Jones' locker that they initially planned because so much of it, like in interviews with um, Orlando Bloom, he's comparing it to Revenge of the Sith. And stuff is like, oh, it gets really dark, you know, like kind of like Darth Vader dark. And I'm like, they were they going for like more of like a real like lava hell sort of version of Davy mm-hmm. Jones at first because, or excuse me, the locker because in like the video games even you wind up in those sort of like more like underworldy kind of things. And it's just I I always thought it was so weird that the the like the locker was just the salt flats, basically, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. the, the, and then you show up there again. If you're a fan of Gore Verbinski's work, you, you show up there again in Rango, which is a, one of the greatest animated films of all time, but that's a separate yeah. thing entirely. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> well, but yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I'll say with, with the locker for me, it was very much, um, akin to like, like Dante's Inferno, where Dante is like takes hell. Like his concept of hell is not like fire and brimstone, but it's like the absence of of the warmth of God. So it's like it's like icy and and cold um, at the, in the okay. pits of hell. And so like you've ever been like so cold, like where it feels like you're like you're almost being burnt. That's kind of how uh-huh. Dante envisions his hell. And for me it made sense for Jack to be in this kind of salt flat because it's like the absence of, 
a pirate. The like sea. The pir- the, yeah, exactly. So like the sea is all wet and you're in water where like the salt flats the exact opposite. It's the it's the absence of the water. You're just left with the salt. Um, so that's kind of how I've always interpreted it. Huh. Um, and it's always been you're sense opening to me in my that way. eyes. Yeah, there you go. Um, so it was. It, it felt very Dante to me, and you're kind of stuck to your your own devices, and you're stuck with like contemplating your life um, in what you've done, which in which in turn Jack goes insane, and um, what like some of his selves kill kill the other selves, and um, I, I've always felt that moment was very was very um, symbolic, and I, I, I watching it again recently, I found some beauty in it. Um, in, the, in yeah. that way, um, yeah. Well, and there, and there was a lot with you know, you, you know. Recently, I did a post on this. There was a lot oh, yeah. that got deleted. You know, there was other things about Jack Sparrow that got you know his backstory got deleted, and that which I is think fascinating was, to me. Yeah, yeah, because I think it exp- it explains so much, and I think there are so many things in his character throughout his arc. In the in that film alone, mm-hmm. uh, that just that it would have lent so much. But again, they so um, there's a scene where he's talking with Beckett, and Beckett, you know, basically is talking about their backstory, and um, uh, he says, you know, you were supposed to deliver cargo for me, and Jack says, people aren't cargo, yeah. or okay, people ain't people aren't cargo, mate. Mm-hmm. And so basically he's saying, you know, he was trying to get him to be part of the slave trade. Yeah. Jack didn't, he liberated the slaves instead. And it explains so much because there are all these um, people crying and weeping for Jack when he dies at the end of Curse of the Black Pearl. They're all the freed, they're, well, they're probably all the freed slaves. Uh, Honestly, that, yeah, yeah. And that's probably also how he met Tia Dalma. Um, maybe, uh, maybe he was finding a safe probably. place. You know, she Whoa. made a safe place for all of them. Yeah, they're they're all the people that he freed, and they're all weeping because like he's a hero to them. He is a hero, you know. Yeah, and you, it just did, adds so much. You mean at, uh, Dead Man's Chest? Yeah, Dead Man's Chest. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, um, and you know, so there's that. You know, and it adds this this tragic thing because he was doing good and it yeah. you know it changes so much of how his character was formed yeah you know and yeah that's so cool but, but at the same time and that's why he and that's uh, allegedly that's why uh the kind of dark humor of why davy jones wants 100 souls because that's how many he freed so it's like wow. a cool twist of irony it's like ha i got you well, and but it, then it, him being so willing is sort of why yeah. they pulled it out because they felt it would be weird if he was so so ready to do it. Gotcha. Well, and I think leaving that in just because you can tell throughout the movies that obviously Jack's a pirate and he's done mm-hmm. a lot of bad things in his life. But at the end of the day, he's kind of a Robin Hood character in my opinion. He, oh, yeah. He, his intentions, he, he will still go and save the damsel. Um, he'll still go and um, sacrifice himself. Um, we see it with, with when he's consumed by the Kraken, he, he gives up his life 
um, because he knows like it's really coming for him and there's no reason for everyone else to die um, at the hands of the mm-hmm. Kraken. Um, and so just kind of knowing that and to me like th- that whole part of it's canon in my opinion. Um, even if it's, if it's technically my head canon now, um, <laughs> I think it's canon because it, like, yeah. all those things match up um, and why we see those African Americans so upset with Jack's death and I think you make a really great point of how he meets uh, the Doma and all that I think that's just wow that's it's it's so powerful because in you have to like in I I love to view these films in, in the, through the lens of history obviously there's mm-hmm. not this Davy Jones with tentacle like tentacle face Davy Jones sailing around the ocean or ha- had ever been that way but it's really neat to think about how there were pirates that potentially were part of the slave trade. And I'm sure that some of them chose to make a similar decision that Jack did. I, I'm really curious if the writers um, potentially read about stories of pirates that did the same thing that Jack did, or at least um, in, in in this idea of Jack um, saving all these slaves. It's kind of like, it's almost like yeah. a Schind- it's like a Schindler's List kind of um, scenario in, in my head. Kind now. of, kind um, of. In, in in a way, um, uh, yeah, because like Sch- well, and because like, like Schindler was like a Nazi, or at least a, at least viewed as a seen as a Nazi as a sympathizer. Yeah, he was he part of the to, party. Yeah, and then he chose to um, turn against to save people. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I'm I'm really curious if like that was a, a thing that happened um, in history. Oh yeah, um, um, I'm sure there was. So yeah, there there yeah it, there were there were some who were you know, even commissioned by the crown mm-hmm. to, to, you know, keep the trade going. Yeah. And then there were some who specifically, you know, targeted merchant ships. I mean, there were merchant ships. That was sort of the bread and butter. A, a yeah. lot of, a lot of what we know about piracy has, was, you know, is sort of what the wealthy wanted us to see because at the end of the day, they were ruining their cargo, their their yeah. money. They were stealing their money. It wasn't so much, you know, people, you know, poor people or, you know, everyday Joes. It was, you stole my sugarcane spices and tobacco, you, yeah. you randy rogue. So, yeah. you know, it was more the, you know, demonization of, of sure. them for that. There were plenty of, you know, liberated slaves that joined mm-hmm. um, and... You know, became their own pirates. Their their you know famous famous uh, pirates who who that was the, their story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would love to see if they did reboot this. I would love to see that get addressed. I would sure. love to see that get addressed. Um, even have like Idris Elba be like the main, Ooh. Uh, like be like the sort of the new quote unquote Jack Sparrow like mm-hmm. of the series along Margot. Well, they were just in a movie together, so they already work. Uh, they already work together. There you go. But, you know, if you had a cool character like that, that is their backstory. There's so much rich and complex issues you can delve into yeah. with that. I, I think it, and I think it's worth talking about and it's worth exploring and you could have some really interesting conversations. Um, I agree with that. And you can even weave it into the pirate's lore or make it sort of retconned in where it's sort of like, yeah, that part was true and, or just reference it like, Hey, yeah. And a pirate, you know, I was supposed to go to Jamaica and, uh, you know, be spend the rest of my life in the hot sun. And then someone, someone made another choice. Yeah. So 
you know, even just even just simple as that, if you want to work work it in, or you know, do your universes no, yeah. or what have you. But anyway, <laughs> I know it's a sidetrack, but a lot got left on the cutting room floor, is what I think what we're trying to say. And a lot of it was good stuff. And I think if they had more time to make these decisions, yeah, um, now all these close deadlines, they might have been able to do more with them. I think we did get good films. I, I, no, yeah, they don't. Re- yeah, they don't reach the level of the first one. No. Um, I don't think they necessarily have to. I think two, actually, Dead Man's Chest is a lot of fun, and there's just, I don't know, there's so much jungle and greenery in it. I feel like the the first one, you're in the caves and, like, in the fog oh, where yeah. it's sea a lot. and But you're in jungle so much in the second one, and it's a lot of fun. It feels so lively. Mm-hmm. Um, the final fight with the with the water wheel is just uh, incredible over the top ridiculous but i love it um yeah because yeah because i think it it it, like you said it touches on so many different environments that you kind of associate with piracy like the 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 treasure caves and the um the ports and things like that but then yeah with um deadman's chest you get into that more tropical feel um of where they're looking for treasure and things like that so i think that's um, and, and, and then obviously in um, uh, On Stranger World's Tides End. or World's End World's End yeah not On Stranger Tides yeah, yeah. Uh, World's That's End next. We, we're almost we, there <laughs> yeah yeah we, we get to kind of like the kind of Bayou um, Witch Doctor kind of the magic do that and it. then but also the whole world you oh get, yeah like the whole world yes. opens up so much you start in Singapore oh, and yeah. But I think, and I think that's so cool because it wasn't just the Caribbean. There was mm-hmm. the Indian Ocean. There were so many things yes. going on. The you know the P- Pacific Ocean. There were things going on. It's you know, and we focus so much in. I feel like the European North American part mm-hmm. of the world with history, and there were so many interesting things and interesting characters. Yeah, because a lot of these characters are pulled from actual history. Yeah. So which I love. Yeah. I, yeah, so it's really it's really cool. I think. Very yeah. Um, yeah. And honestly, I think the Singapore stuff was one of my favorite parts of that movie because it's it felt so different than what we saw yeah. in the previous films. And then to have like this, ma- I I love the pirate fortress scenes um, because we oh, see yeah. how they all interact and this is this grandiose place where these pirates um, have been hiding and and plotting and. Um, collaborating and fighting it's just I so tried to I tried to start my own brethren court amongst my friends how'd that go well I'm here so you tell me <laughs> what, 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 what was going to be your piece of, piece of eight uh, I, well I have an actual coin from the treasure cave set that's cool so so I, I think it was going to be that, if That's I remember fun. correctly. That's fun. Um, yeah. I have no idea where it is now, but <laughs> I knew then. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. So I think it was going to be that or, you know, some some things, something ridiculous. A That's fun. picture of a high school crush. I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> um, not even high school. What, that, that was middle school. So. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> If it was high school, we I, I would need to have a serious talk with somebody. Someone would need to have a serious talk with me. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so 
But in high school, well, in, when I was in high school, 2011, we finally got a follow-up on Stranger Tides based on a book. It was an adaptation of an actual book called On Stranger Tides. Oh, really? really and they that. actually just worked Captain Jack Sparrow into it. Hmm. Yeah. It feels like they just tossed Captain Jack Sparrow yeah. into it. Well, because it, it, it's funny because it feels so... Not only is the story so far dissociated from the trilogy, but like yeah. it was a big time jump because it was 03 for Black Pearl, and then we had three years before Dead Man's Chest. And then we only had one year before. It was yeah. like the only one year gap between Dead Man's Chest and At World's End, so it was kind of out of left field that they decided to almost kind of reboot or at least restart the, the franchise in a way. Mm-hmm. You spin it off so so differently. I mean, you did have a lot of returning cast. You had Gibbs show back up. Mm-hmm. You had Barbosa. Obviously, you had Jack. Yeah. Um, but then you didn't even have the pearl in the film because it was shrunken into a, <laughs> yeah. Like uh, what? Okay. Just uh, a lot of weird plot elements. Yeah. I Keith, like Keith, Keith Richards. Keith Richards just show up in the movie as well. Yes, he does. He does. He does. And I, honestly, <laughs> I like. I like the, um, oh no, I just forgot his name, Ian, Ian McShane, I think it is, as Blackbeard. I thought he was pretty good. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and Penelope Cruz was, oh, it was all right. I, again, it was just, it was weird. It was just a very weird film. I did like the presence of, uh, the more Spanish presence. Mm-hmm. I, I, like all of these empires at the time were like interacting and like cohabitating so much in that area and I yeah. felt weird that we never really got the Spanish influence ever in the first three films mm-hmm. um other than like Captain Villanueva of, of the Brethren Court yeah yeah I remembered that hmm. wow that, uh, that, that, that is a deep <laughs> cut that's a deep cut yeah but yeah we never saw like the conquistadors and that kind of vibe yeah. uh until the fourth film it was always mm-hmm. the British, the British, the British. Well, and, um, yeah, it, it, it yeah. was like they didn't show up till the end. It was like they were kind of there in the background, these like boogeymen in a way, or the the yeah. But even in the score, and like they had this sneak sure. through the Spanish, and then like the whole Piz, uh, not Pizarro, who who was the one who was looking for the the. It's not Salazar. The, um, no, Salazar's the next one. Yeah. We have we still have to talk about that train wreck. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. Whoever was, was looking for the Fountain of Youth, um, yeah, I'm, I can't fact check really quick, no, but no. someone's someone's screaming at their at their in their headphones sure. right now. I'm sure. Um, and uh, yeah, so it was. Um, man, now it's really bothering me. Who was it? No, but you know there it's there okay. is that. In the score, there's, like, more of a Latin influence, and I really like that. I really like that for some reason. Also, one thing that does make me really sad is uh, the one guy. um, He's been in all the pirate films up through then, and he was the guy who was like, that's got to be the best pirate I've ever seen. And he just gets wasted in this film (laughs) like he's about to like claim the fountain of youth for for england yeah and the spanish guy just shoots him point blank he's like someone please note that man's bravery and i'm like that's a really good line but oh my gosh i i liked that guy he was just it it always felt like he was sort of the like optimistic 
British guy, like, eh, yeah, you're a yeah, cool ca- pirate, all right. Yeah, yeah kind of always pulling for them a little bit. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and this movie for me was, like I said, I love the idea of, like, venturing into this method, like, these, like, these like old folk tales, these pirate lore stories, and we yeah. find we, we find see Blackbeard, which was, was great, and then felt, the Fountain of Youth is always the Fountain of Youth has always been this kind of um, wives' tale or like myth um, that we have to finally see this. But I feel like this was kind of the tipping point of we got this movie, and this is and this is like the craziness that led us to get into Dead Man Tells No Tales. Um, uh. Because like we 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 get to see like the mermaids, which is kind of neat, um, which is an interesting way to kind to, of. I I really didn't hate it. This like I obviously I don't choose to watch this movie very often, but I, I enjoy its its moments. Um, yeah. No. Again. Yeah. You're right. They do have moments. Yeah. Um. The 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 lassos or whatever the mermaids have are weird. Sure. They're like Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, it, 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 I think it, it was a pretty fateful interpretation of what mermaids were in mythology. Yeah. I mean, they are dangerous. Yeah. Very dangerous. Um, just because, like, the typical zeitgeist of mermaids, the the culture on mermaids is that are, like, aerial and things like that. Um, where yeah. I think, where I think this movie, as well as... Um, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire kind of go to this kind of more um, true to mythology um, take on on mermaids. And the 2003 live action Peter Pan that was not Disney. Oh, a lot of people forget about that, but that was a that that's was fair. A, that was that's a really fair. good film. Um, but yeah, and then also a lot of the the mythology around Blackbeard mm-hmm. because this takes place after he died. Um, famously, you know, the story is that he was beheaded on the ship, um, that on his, on the Queen Anne's Revenge and, mm-hmm. um, the body was thrown overboard and it swam around the, the ship like seven times or 13 times or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like the head was, uh, hung from the, the bowsprit or what, what have you. Mm-hmm. So like they mentioned the whole thing that he like swam around the ship and what didn't die and stuff yeah. after his final battle. So it, it, you know, that was, it was really interesting that they decided to keep that. And I'm like, all right, yeah, sure. Keep it. Yeah. Why not? And I like the opening chase in, in London. I, I thought that was, oh, that yeah. was pretty neat. It, it, yeah. it, it was. Yeah. Whenever you see Jack or Johnny Depp do the kind of akin to what we saw from the first part of the movie to kind of his skill of escape, but also kind of strategy in close quarters combat and things like that. It's always really fun. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But then of course we do have Mm -hmm. dead men tell no tales. And this one wasn't, I don't, I don't think it was written by Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio. Um, um, I don't, I don't think any of like the original Ted production. Uh, no, you're right. Er, uh, Terry was part of it, but not okay. Um, Ted. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. It's it's a mess. Just it's horrendous. Simple. It's it doesn't very bad. 
it doesn't even have a like a actual score. It's just repeated cues and stuff from the original films. And it was just sort of like a you guys really want that stuff back. Let's put that back in and let's let's pick this plot thread back up, but also not fully. Like it can undo all the curses. Like yeah. it's the Poseidon's trident or whatever can undo every curse. And I'm like, well, why would why weren't we looking for that? Yeah, in the first film <laughs> or every film. Yeah, or like why 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 was Barbosa going after um, Will but not going after or the 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 the, the Turner child in their mind? Why aren't they just going after this trident? Um, yeah, yeah. And, and again, it was kind of I, I love the mythology and them going into that that lore of that time but then like they went totally off the rocker with this part like absolutely it like, nuts it was just like i i can feed into the fountain of youth and i could feed into cursed pirates and davy jones but then all of a sudden you're like looking for the triton of poseidon like come on um, yeah it, it was like it was, it was like that um like the believability at that point was Oh yeah, like, totally thrown out the door. the the the, the yeah. illusion The illusion was totally broken at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think um. Uh, you know. The the villain in this one, Sal- Salazar, I think it was. I think he's okay. The effect is cool with like mm-hmm. how he's like kind of a ghost, yeah. just straight out ghost pirate. Um. I, I thought that was all right, and I kind of like the horror elements there, but it's like mm-hmm. they don't really commit to that. Yeah. As yeah. Even it, nearly yeah. like where they did in the first film, you know? Yeah. No, and I, I think his backstory is solid, um, and his association with, with Jack and things like that, but then the the payoff wasn't there. I think yeah. the, Salazar in a different movie would be much better suited, but this was... Like you gotta have like the kind of over the top villain of Salazar, and then you have this this end goal of the Trident, and just kind of it was too much. Well, that and then at the at this point you have Jack as a just he's just completely a joke because they took everything endearing and mm-hmm. genuine about him and turned him more into like the Mad Hatter. Yeah, like it felt like he was just doing his Mad Hatter shit yeah. from <laughs> Al films which was i i don't like those films at all um but you know it it's weird it's just like i don't like why and he's just what like he's clearly like washed up and you know it's it's sad it's sad to watch the only redeeming part of this film is barbosa's glow up because he is just having the time of his life he has that huge billowing cape Yes. That he and like the hat, and he looks like, like he 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 feels like he belongs in the attraction. No, yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. No, yeah. And, and and I think really Barbosa is a star in all these films. Um, oh yeah, because even even his like British colonial like um, like went straight persona in Australia yeah. Ties was even super fun too. Mm-hmm. Um, joining the King's Navy and all that, uh, which was which was fun to see. Uh, but then again, you're right. His like over the top, um, 
wardrobe in this movie is again it's it's just a treat to see and i think where yeah. Je- jeffrey rush got to play in this in this movie they kind of um kind of neutered johnny depp in this yeah. movie in my opinion eunuch yeah basically <laughs> basically <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, I like, I honestly don't mind Barbosa's plot, you know, his whole thing with now, like, this, he talks to this witch, and the witch is like, you're going to die with uh, your your beloved treasure in your hands, Mm -hmm. and, you know, and then he dies, and he's like, you know, the girl is like, who are you to me, and he's like, treasure, and that's like, that's, that's good, I'm like, that, all right, yes, but then the rest is just nuts. Jack having like this weird shotgun wedding that gets interrupted, yeah. and uh, just all this other stuff. You could uh, you could have had you could have had some really great things. Did I tell Did I ever tell you I wrote I wrote to Jerry Bruckheimer uh, no. a plot idea? Yeah, I I wrote a whole outline for a um, a sixth film to follow up on, or excuse me, a fifth film to follow up on Stranger Tides. Mm. Because there's precedence for some of the plot threads that kind of get left out there. Um, because um, the, uh, the for, a, for a short time, the quartermaster or bosun of Blackbeard was a young James Hook. So he oh. would know all of his secrets, including how to restore the Black Pearl to its former glory. That's awesome. So, but... But he worked. But my idea was that he was going to uh, work out a deal with Jack. So he's like, "You find you find me the way across." Basically, the long story short is, you help me find the way to Neverland, mm-hmm. and I'll restore your ship. Oh. Um, and it was going to be the the way to get to Neverland at the time was passing this giant stone guardian, which was the crocodile, and um, crossing the seventh sea. Which was sort of like went into yeah. the stars and led to Neverland. But I, I wrote this whole like letter and pitch up, and then I got a, like a rejection thing from the uh, from like United Artists or whatever, sure. saying you know you can't, we can't, that's copyright, you can't mess with that, and uh. we, he can't even read this. So I was like, oh well, you know, it was worth a shot. Oh. But. Um, <laughs> But it was going to like cool serve one. as a Peter Pan prequel while also integrating Jack in and yeah. Barbosa and all this stuff. So that's fun. and it would uh, it would take like it would start in New Orleans, like a young oh. New Orleans that hadn't you know that was just starting. Yeah, you know, so you could work in New Orleans. That's really cool and all that stuff. Yeah, that's but awesome. yeah, the Dead Dead Men Tell No Tales is a mess, and then that after credit scene that Davy Jones was somehow back because yeah. curses had been undone. But then, if all curses were undone, how is his curse now relevant again? It's just a mess. Sure. So. Yeah, it's yeah, it's I, it's it's like such a high in the first movie, and then obviously oh. it's it's went to the garbage. But um, pirates of diminishing returns, am I right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, oh. But it's I sad. yeah, I love talking about this stuff, and um, so happy that we finally had a chance to talk about this because I think. It's, it's such an important film to both of us, um, mm-hmm. especially as Park fans too. Um, and it's kind of pertinent right now, especially with with um, Jungle Cruise, that we're finally getting kind of back to that formula of 
absolutely really great in world films um which go go relate to the parks and we're finally finally seeing these stories told in in the cinema which is it's really exciting for me and i hope that especially the haunted mansion film lives up to that um precedent now and um, any kind of future future endeavor they go through um yeah so um but i think we do have a fast pass to pirates coming up um i didn't pay for that hey get it while it's free you know <laughs> yes no we should get it we while should it's get going free. yeah it's while it's free get going um well, so like as always, we've always we really enjoyed uh, our time with you today. Uh, if you want more hubgrass in your life, you can see us separately. You can find Mason on TikTok at unofficial Disney CEO, or myself on Instagram at Matt Artiberry, or on YouTube where my wife and I have a fun YouTube channel at Matt and Mary Kate. Or you can see us together as always on Instagram at on the hubgrass pod, where we post content regularly and keep in contact with all of you. Um, but if you'd like to get more, if you'd like to help us out further to make the show better, please consider joining our Patreon, um, join our first patron, um, on our Patreon page, which will be linked below, um, to help us make the show even better. Um, but as always, remember there is a great, big, beautiful podcast. It's just stream away. See you in the hubgrass, folks. Now, bring me that horizon. <laughs>